Welcome to Age of Intention, the podcast that's all about redefining aging for women in their 40s and beyond. Are you tired of the same old generic health advice that's more suited for 20-somethings with tight leggings and unrealistic routines? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Ags Galand, a coach and nutritionist, and together with my amazing guests, we will discover proactive wellness, nutrition wisdom, and real-life tips. No nonsense, no BS. Just genuine advice for women wanting to thrive and age with intention. Let's do this. Hey, and welcome to Age with Intention podcast. We are in season two and I'm loving all the topics and the guests that I'm bringing and I hope you do too. Today, I do have a topic that it's a link to a lot of the stuff we talked about. It's something that I talk about with my guests, something that I often bring up in my messaging via posts or email newsletter. And it's also something that I encourage and talk to my clients about. So I hope that um, this little snippet will help you and will give you an idea of um, how to even more elevate your well-being, wellness, and age a little bit better and healthier. So today we're going to be talking about advocating for yourself. Advocating and taking ownership of your health of your own well-being, of your own knowledge, of how you feel and how your future, how your healthy aging will look. There is a lot of layers to it, but key messages that I wanted to share with you are around how we as 40, 50, 60 year old women often are realizing that throughout our life, we maybe followed certain rules that are not created by us. Maybe we'll listen to people that are not necessarily inspiring or knowledgeable enough to really give us advice. Maybe we followed someone else's rules, right? So whether we brought them from home, we brought them from our partners, maybe we listened to social media and some gurus, but actually those rules have nothing to do with us. Maybe we just go completely on default. So maybe there is an element of us not really knowing what's going on, not really questioning the status quo and just following something that we've always done. We've been doing something for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It can be really hard to make the change and let alone to see the change first. And obviously, as you know, you listen to this podcast, you listen to some of the stuff that I record or write you know, that self-awareness, it's really the first step to any change. So we have to know that something is not right, maybe something that we want to um, feel different, we want to have different, we want to do different. Without that, it's really hard to make changes. And that change, that awareness, that pre-almost contemplation state, as we call it in in a circle of change, which is psychological model of behavioral change, is really the first step. So realizing that simply there is something that we would like to change. So when it comes to advocating for yourself, it can be actually tricky. So you don't necessarily have to be someone that doesn't know a lot or feels like doesn't have enough experience in a particular field to feel edgy and to feel maybe a little bit fearful or unsure or uncertain when it comes to advocating for our own health and our own well-being. And the idea of that, taking that ownership of your own health, your own 
well-being, your of knowledge, what you're putting on your plate is really important. And that's something that I want this podcast and the way I work with women be the key message that you are able to take home. So feeling more in control of what you know and what is good for your body so you can then make informed decisions, you can decide on your own, you can create different healthier choices, not only today, but also for days to come. So I give you a couple of examples how it can be difficult to advocate for yourself and to feel that you are in control of your own health. And those examples come actually from my personal life. So I am someone that I consider myself quite health conscious. I have vast knowledge around nutrition, around health. I worked with medical professionals through my nutritional therapy study. I understand, I guess, the system and how things work, what sort of education, maybe different um, professionals around um, health and wellness for the world get. So you would say that I should be feeling pretty confident around this sort of thing and going to a doctor and maybe questioning things and asking questions and challenge some of what they say should come easy and should come natural. And I should be able to do it just like that. It's not always the case. Now, I've had recent examples, medical professionals, and this is not an attack on medical profession whatsoever. But the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up, because obviously, when we come to a certain age, when we come into perimenopause, menopause, there are so many things that happen to our bodies, our beautiful, poor bodies that have been with us for so long, suddenly biology just decide to change. We become different. We may look different. We may feel different. This is natural, but often can be missed as well. So when we get certain symptoms like insomnia or heart palpitations or headaches or sudden weight gain or anxiety, Maybe we know some of it about menopause and perimenopause nowadays, but we're not often able to make that connection. We not often think, oh, is it this time of my life? Are things changing? So we then go to a doctor and because still in, in today's world, they typically are our first point of contact when any, any health problem happens. And we obviously, like doctors, we treat, we treat them as someone with knowledge. We're, we aspire, we listen to their advice. We often take for granted what they tell us. So it's nothing wrong with that. But this is why I'm also using that example of GP, because that's typically will be the first point of contact for going to any medical advice for, for most of us. So the recent example I had was uh, with my daughter. She is eight years old. That was already a few months ago. But we went after a few days of her complaining uh, about an ear pain. So she had a pain in one of her ears and she doesn't really get sick. My children, lucky enough, um, pretty healthy sickness or, or any kind of cold. It's, it's not typically a big deal. But so that was a little bit untypical, right? I already thought, hmm, what are we going to do? I'm not a fan of medication, um, just not opposite. It's just not my first port of call. So we tried a few natural things. Nothing really seemed to help. So yes, booked a GP uh, appointment, went to a doctor. And the doctor taking the temperature, looked into the ear without really doing anything else. She you know, concluded this is likely an ear infection and we're just going to give antibiotics. 
Now, if you are someone like me and have done some studies and research around antibiotics, I'm also not a fan just for reasons and things that they do to our gut bacteria, gut microbiome, how fragile a body of an 80-year-old or anybody really, but obviously someone so young is when it comes to effect of antibiotics. Again, don't get me wrong, they can be wonderful and they do work wonders for things that are really necessary and we do need them in our 21st century world with some infections and diseases. However, they're not a magical pill for you know every single symptom we get. Naturally, I felt a little bit edgy about it because I thought, hmm, I don't know if to actually apply a medication like antibiotics. And I am also not sure whether this is actual bacterial infection. So again, just knowing a little bit more about how antibiotics work in our body, I was able to ask a question around, well, do you think this is bacterial? Is it viral? Obviously, antibiotics only work on bacteria. It wouldn't do anything if there was a viral infection, which they typically just kind of get better on their own. The lady obviously couldn't tell me. The only one way to test it would be to actually take a bit of a, um, a smear from her ear and then get it tested, which is obviously too complicated. We don't do it for children. We don't do it generally. So the best way is to just give medication, to just give antibiotics and move on. Now, this is not typically and not always the best way for the patient. So talking here about my eight-year-old. Two things that happened there. I really did feel a little bit weird and awkward, a little bit shy to stand up to a doctor that probably had quite a few, <laughs> if not like teen, 15 or whatever, years of you know medical practice and experience. And say that, hey, is there any other way? Are you sure this is something that we need to do? Knowing what I did know at that consultation was still feeling like I don't know enough. Am I even allowed to say this? Is it silly? Will she just laugh at me? Will she feel like I'm, I'm trying to be a doctor here? All those thoughts just flashed into my head in those first few seconds after she said that. So what happened was I did manage to find the courage and I did say my worries around medication, around antibiotics. And what we agreed, I guess we negotiated and I said, is there anything that can be done? I understand that viral infections can clear maybe within first few days. How would it feel if my daughter would wait another few days and we see if it clears? Obviously just wanted her guidance, but I probably set in my head what I'm going to do anyway. So that's what we negotiated. And that's what I did. We went, I took the prescription, had it at home just, you know, in case, not knowing what it is. So it could be either way. And after um, a few days, magically, guess what? Infection cleared. My daughter felt way better. And I thought, I mean, I felt pretty great. I felt pretty confident about my decision then. I was a little bit worried a day or two in. I was watching her closely. And then I started to have those thoughts around this episode, how easy it is for us to go and get an advice from a doctor. So we go with a specific symptom, we go with a specific worry, and we just take at the face value whatever they say. So we just don't question, we don't ask questions, we don't challenge, we maybe don't feel like we do have enough knowledge, we don't say what's our concern or what's our personal story. And we just accept what they say. And I see it very often from, I hear it from women, I see it around me, I see it around my environment, how we 
often just go and blindly accept advice. And it's not just GPs, but also someone else's, whether we find it online, whether we find it via whatever we do, whatever we read, whatever books we find, we just don't question. We take that advice and we just follow that blindly. Often it can be a good advice, great for us, but sometimes it's just something that may not really serve us. So taking ownership of your health and of your well-being really can mean also just being able to find that courage to question and to say and to speak up if something doesn't sit right with you, if something just doesn't sound like you would want to do, or is there another way? Something is just really, sometimes it's just really a question of asking, is there another way that I could help my child? Is there another option? What is the alternative? Is this something that I could do to ease my symptoms, but not to take or not to do X, Y, and Z, etc. Another example was actually my story just very quickly, but it was when I went a few months ago and I was offered a antidepressant. I had some issues with sleep. I didn't sleep well. I felt like my mood was pretty low despite moving and exercising and eating well. It did question things. I still don't know exactly. Maybe it's a phase. It's probably something to do with my hormones. But without measuring any of it, without checking my maybe mental state or situation, without um, querying around my life, my environment, I found it interesting that the doctor of first contact, second thing she offered or second thing she mentioned was antidepressants. I again walked away saying, thank you, that's something I will think about. And I never used them. And I feel like I never really needed them. And again, it's interesting to be able to then walk away and actually say, hmm, let me have a think about that. Let me see if there is any other option for me. Is there anything else that I can do? And trust me, it didn't feel easy. It wasn't something that came naturally. And again, just going back to what I was saying at the start, for me, as someone that I consider myself with a vast knowledge of the body and physiology and how things work and, you know, what are the reasons I might be feeling low in mood? What are some things I can do? What are some things I can dial up? With all that knowledge, I still went to the doctor and I still felt a little bit awkward and a little bit embarrassed and a little bit little to stand up and say, hey, is there anything else? Or like, mm, I'm not sure it will really help me. Or mm, I don't really want to do that. So I totally get where you might be coming from, whereas all of us go and ask those sort of questions and we go with our symptoms and maybe we not listened properly. And maybe we feel like it is difficult to advocate and to ask for what we think we want. And without feeling a little bit silly, because we are not doctors, because we don't know enough, because we're not educated enough, and they, they are medical professionals or any other educated professionals that know way more than us. And here is me, just with my symptoms and my body, and just with the way I feel that it's just a little bit off. And how can I stand up to someone and ask for something different or ask for something better, or just challenge them and question things. I totally feel this is awkward and it can feel weird and silly. So just wanted to put it out there that there are instances where advocating for yourself is not easy. But this is also why I feel and believe that 
work that I do, and there are so many amazing women that talk about taking ownership of your own health, of own well-being, of own eating habits, understanding your body, educating yourself, being able to ask questions when you need that. This is a crucial part of us growing healthier, stronger, more capable, more confident, more fabulous as we age, as we grow into our 50s, 60s and 80s and 90s. I also have an example of someone that actually went to a doctor and was told that the symptoms mean nothing and there's nothing absolutely wrong with them and the bloating and gassy situations and it's just normal, maybe just eat a little bit less and maybe move a little bit more. And after going back and forth for months, that person went and saw a nutritional therapist and after a couple of sessions and consultations and some basic gut testing that can be done, it actually was apparent that she has inflamed gut, that she has dysbiosis, which is imbalance in gut bacteria, flora. So there are some things that we just know that may be going on for us, but we're being dismissed with our symptoms. Maybe we're being said that we're silly and we, you know, we shouldn't be feeling like it's, oh, it's obviously normal. It's your age. It's something that has just happened. So just get over it. And we've been giving this very generic and basic advice. Yes, maybe it is sometimes nothing, but then to be able to push back and to be able to advocate for yourself, for your health and keep going and saying, hey, I I know there is something there. What is it there? Can I question? Can I go and ask someone else? Can I get a second opinion? That's also not easy. And that's also not what our society tells us, not what we've been told to do. We've been told to be a good girl, to accept the answers, to not question, to sit quiet, to just be happy with what we have. And those are some of the things that can come up for us, no matter what age we are. So I wanted to give that example as well, because that almost shows things from the other side when we go to a doctor and we're not being given any help and how that can look if we would push a little bit more and advocate for ourselves. So a couple of things that you can do, it's going to be very different for everyone and everyone is different. Everyone is by your individual or well, everyone is, in, you know, their own individual. Everyone has their own beliefs, their own stories that we just carry with us as we go through life. But typically, there are three different things that I kind of use when I work with clients. And a lot of that comes to number one, which is education. I know it just sounds boring. And a lot of it I do here on the podcast. You will see some posts. There's so many also amazing other people. It's not just me, but just finding sources that are reliable and educate yourself. There's a lot that we don't know. There is a lot about biology. There's a lot about women's body as we age, as we've been not told at school. So just to be able to see that, be able to recognize that and not be ashamed that we don't know this. And if we know something that is untrue, be able to say, hey, I think this is wrong. I think I don't believe this is true. Let me check another source. I think I heard something different. Let me go back and do that. So just educate yourself. Be open, whether there's via books or podcasts or uh, some accounts you follow on Instagram, anything that gets your brain cells going and you're excited about knowledge and that supports you in taking that control of your health. I'm more than happy to provide you a list of some amazing people that I follow, that I find inspiring, that I know they're reliable sources with properly done research and information that you can feel comfortable with and rely on. 
So the next thing we talked about, about it's being curious and, and being open to questioning things, to challenging the status quo. So being open in terms of accepting that things may not be as you believe they should be, right? Sometimes we're being told something for years and years and it may be not applying to you. These days we know that everybody is different and we're definitely different to men in terms of our biology and physiology. So in terms of exercise, in terms of nutrition, for example, as two basics, we may need different things. Hormones look quite different for us than they do for men in their 40s or 50s. A lot of it is to be open to change, to be open to accepting that what you may know may not exactly be the truth or may not exactly be the right thing anymore. And be able to then question and don't be afraid of being silly. There is no silly questions. Find courage and be able to challenge if you feel information you've been given or advice you've been told to follow. You just don't feel it. It just doesn't sit with you. There is always another option. There is always something else you can do. You can feel silly and you can feel awkward. And also you can at the same time ask the question. So encourage you to be curious and open and questioning. And the third point I wanted to make is to be able to talk. You can talk to your friends. You can talk to a doctor. If you need to find, you find a different doctor. You can talk to your coach. You can talk to your nutritionist. And also talking and being open and, again, being curious will help you then to Notice if there are any changes. See if there are any things that um, feel different, that maybe you noticed there was a change over the last few months because you were talking about it to someone, or maybe someone is having the same symptoms as you, but they feel in a different way. That already gives you some data and that already gives you information. Being able to talk about it, being able to notice any patterns and differences that all comes from that self-awareness that we often, you know, call and that we cultivate, especially in coaching. So far, we have the education, being open to and being curious, and then we have being open and being able to challenge and ask questions. And then, and talking, number three. So talking, taking notes, being aware of what's going on in your body and what's going on around you. How are you feeling today versus to how maybe you felt last year? And the fourth one that I want to add in, which goes across all the other three, so and education and questioning and being open, is coaching. Coaching can be a great tool that you can use in a safe, in a non-judgmental space and working with someone that can truly get you, that can understand where you're coming from and that will ask questions around how you're feeling why you might be feeling this way, where it could be coming from, or how differently you would like to feel, and how do you think you can get there? What are some simple micro steps that you can take daily to get yourself from feeling confused and overwhelmed to being in control and feeling fabulous again? Whatever that goal is for you. Coaching can be a great space for all of those. So for that education, if we add in a little bit of mentoring, it can be a great space for that questioning, learning how to question, learning how to stand up for yourself and challenge and how to deal with an uncomfortable situation. And it's also obviously a great space for talking. You have whole session, 45 to 60 minutes, where you just talk about yourself and you set yourself up for success, learning to take that ownership and maybe to counter some of those less helpful beliefs that we do have and we carry with us 
from our childhood into our 40s and 50s and beyond. So this is something that can help you with addressing that mindset around change, of that mindset around how to be your own advocate and why is this important. To finish up this episode again, the key message here is to be able to advocate for yourself and your own health and take ownership of what you know around your body, what you know about health and what is good for you. And if you take ownership of that, if you are able to be own wellness and health advocate, it can really serve you going into your older age as you're going through perimenopause and rocky years ahead that will challenge us. They will challenge us. They will be nasty. They probably, there'll be moments where we feel not so great. There'll be moments where we'll be so grateful for what we have. But I feel like getting stronger about what is good for us and what our body needs and being able to challenge anything that isn't that is a skill and it's something that we can learn. And by education and questioning and environment, so surrounding yourself with people, accounts, books, materials that are helpful and make you feel alive and make you feel vibrant, make you feel in control and confident can be the key to that success and to be able to grow and learn how to be own health and wellness advocate. So that's something that I wish for all of us, all of you, for me, for my friends, for everyone out there, all the women in a world that are approaching 40, are over 40 or 50. I hope this episode was something that you um, found helpful. If you enjoyed this and if you enjoy my content so far, I'd love to ask you a favor. If you can go into iTunes or go into Spotify and review this podcast, just quickly clicking on the star or give your rating tell me what you like about it and every month I'll be picking a reviewer and offering them a free coaching session that's something that you can also experience thank you again for tuning in and please go out there and try all those things to become your own health and wellness advocate good luck <laughs>